This episode of Dre Day is brought to you by Needing Dough, a brand new show on Uninterrupted. Business mogul Maverick Carter sits down with the world's elite athletes to discuss how they manage their finances. Draymond Green stops by for the inaugural episode to discuss his business investments, how closely he guards his money, and his most regrettable purchase. You can check out this episode at uninterrupted.com, but do that after this new episode of Dre Day. So we're back for another episode of Dre Day. This is Marcus Thompson, and I'm here with Draymond Green, who uh, should be fully rested. How how you feel, Draymond, since you are resting tonight? Um, well, I, got, I slept in today, so that was good. But you know, I, I need you know, I think guys need this rest. You know, I think it's good for us. It'll be good for us in the long run. So I feel I feel pretty good. You know, I think a lot of people you know, don't realize the anxiety and stress that just knowing you have a game that they bring. So to, you know, to not have that today is it's pretty relaxing. Steve Kerr made uh, big news going, basically uh, going at the NBA because y'all could have rested against the Timberwolves and instead he, he chooses to hold out you, Steph Curry, uh, Andre Iguodala, and Clay Thompson in the ABC main event Saturday night that that uh, uh, little John been hyping. Uh, I've got to <laughs> see that you guys are not happy with how this schedule broke out. Yeah, I mean it's been rough, man. You go from a five game trip, you know, on the East Coast nine days. You go home for one day, literally. Like we got home Tuesday. Played on Wednesday and left Thursday morning. Right back on a three-hour and 45-minute flight to play a game the next day. To leave on another three-hour flight and play again the next day. Like, I mean, that's brutal. So, you know, it's – uh, I wouldn't necessarily – I don't think he was doing it to really make a statement to the NBA. I just think when you look at it, like, if he rested us against the T-Wolves, we still getting in San Antonio at 3 a.m. So, like, regardless if we played or not, like, we're still not getting in the bed till 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. So, with that being said, is it really beneficial to even play in San Antonio after you get in the bed and at, at 3, 3.30? Like, is, is the rest even beneficial? I, I wonder – you know, Steve has been vocal about like as soon as the schedule, as soon as you guys are ready to hit this trip, eight, eight, eight games in eight cities. Like he's been real vocal about how shady that is, and considering you guys already travel the most, I was just glad that he decided to to like get his Popovich on, and I could tell the emphasis has been kind of leaning away from the regular season. You know, after you win seventy three games, but. I was I was a little surprised that he actually pulled the trigger on it, and for him to do that means I think I think he might be ready. I think he might be ready for another playoff run. Uh, realizing, hey, this is gonna take a little bit of everything in order to win a championship this year, uh, especially without Kevin Durant. Now, when you when you I know you 
you want to wish him well. I know you want Durant to come back, uh, but without him, the common expectation is for you guys to look like the team that won 73 games last year. But you guys don't look that good. What's going from your basketball IQ? What what is going on? I mean, you know, when I look at it, you know, when I sit back and really look at it, and obviously being on the inside of it, you know, I know a lot more than everyone may than the naked eye may know just by watching. You know, and um, I think, you know, I think everything that's going on right now with us as a team. First off, I don't think much is going on, but. You know, with where we are as a team right now, I like where we are. Um, and, and reason being, it's really the first time we've hit some true adversity in three years. And um, and it's not really true adversity, but it's what it's being made out to be just because, you know, it's the first time we've really struggled. And so – the way I look at it is it's kind of been a whirlwind of things happening all at the same time. You got, number one, you're in the middle of a three-year run where, not in the middle, like, you're in the middle of a, of the third year of a three-year run, which isn't that easy in itself. For three years now, we've been taking every team's best shot every night. Um, that you know, kind of starts to wear on you, and and it's just the regular season. And so you start to take all those things into account and knowing, you know, obviously we've reached the mountaintop. We've gotten right there to the top and, you know, couldn't get over the hump. And so we've seen it all, and now, you know, here we are in game 60-whatever in the regular season, and – you're trying to get to that intensity level, and you just can't get there. So there, you know, there becomes a time where it kind of gets a little repetitive, and you just have to make it through that that stretch. And I think right now that's the stretch we're in. Well, we just got to make it through the stretch. We'll find our rhythm again. We'll do all those things, and and I think it's a little unfair for people to think, oh man, they this team won seventy three games without Kevin Durant. Like, okay, KD all of a sudden goes out, they'll pick up right back. Nah, like that, you know, that that happened over the course of years. You know what I'm saying? Like that chemistry was built over the course of years. So when you lose somebody like KD, you have to build that back up. You know, you have to build that rhythm back up because you're taking taking 26 points, eight rebounds, four assists, and two blocks out of the lineup. Like that's a lot. And so, you know – you, you got to get that rhythm back, and and I think we do we, we will get that rhythm back, but it, it'll take it's it's taking a little while. But then you also have a few more things that's happened. Number one, I think you know we're at a point in the year where you know guys are a little tired, and that's the NBA. It happens, you know what I'm saying. But there's times where, say last year, you hit that stretch, and we're in such a good rhythm that. Even games we aren't supposed to win, we will win. Or we're in a kind of in that period right now where here we are losing a one point game, we lost a two point game, you know, lose a game in the fourth quarter. Those are all the games where it's like, all right, we're right there, and that's where having KD possibly gets you over the hump. And, you know, that's not there also. And then at the same time, I haven't played with much energy as of late, you know, for multiple reasons. But, you know, that's 
with something I'll be better at. And, you know, a little rest always helps that. And at the same time as all this going on, Clay and Steph hasn't shot that well. And usually when we're in a, say, we are in a period like this, they make shots and they'll win the game by themselves. They shooting like me, though. <laughs> and that's the thing. So no one has ever seen them, them, them struggle shooting the ball the way that they have as of late. And it happens, though. And and have we be have, have, if we were winning these games, no one would say anything about the way they're shooting. However, we've lost a few games, and, you know, everybody's going to blow all those things up. So, like I said, I think it's a mixture of a lot of things. However, none of us are overreacting to it and will not overreact to it. You know, we're, we'll be ready for the playoffs, and we're going to, you know, we'll get our rhythm back, you know, get, get home and get some games in at home and, you know, kind of get back in the routine. We haven't really been in the routine since before the All-Star break. So, you know, we'll be able to get back in the routine and get our flow and our rhythm back, and we'll be fine. Might be as a two seed, though. Well, there's a one or two seed, you got to win four games. Regardless of, I mean, nobody's ever trying to go to game seven anyway because game seven takes on a mind of its own and anything can happen. Um so you have to go win the game on the road anyway if you're not trying to do that. So whether it's a one or two seed, we're not going to burn ourselves out trying to be the one seed and then all of a sudden we get the one seed and it's all for nothing. Like, we'll be fine with whatever seed we are. I remember earlier in the year you were saying you were happy that y'all lost. I think it was the Memphis game. You were like, you're happy you lost because now that means you got to work on some stuff. And I think that I think that same thing applies here because the crunch time offense. I mean, I just remember you guys didn't lose these games, and now you're losing them. So you have no choice but to look at that and what's happening and address it, and you know, figure out the kinks and you know how to get that rhythm back. Uh, you you can't gloss over it because there's no, you know, you're not winning by 17 anymore. So. I think in hindsight that's good, but you know Warriors fans just don't know how to lose anymore. <laughs> so people lose their mind when the Warriors lose a game, let alone uh, three three out of the last seven. So you know it is what it is. We'll I, I say let's wait for the playoffs and and really make the judgments in the playoffs because when you when you when you get to Game Seven of the NBA Finals, like I don't care about the regular season, so I could only imagine about y'all. But look, Dre, I got to ask you about something. I watched that kneading dough, right? Yep. Uh, it was you and Maverick. <laughs> and you said I, you, you said that you lost, you spent $21,000 at the club. So I figured this is a good time to bring in our Explain Yourself segment. Uh, can you please tell me what the heck did you spend $21,000 on in the club? Like, what club was this? It was live on a Sunday. What is it like premium charging on a Sunday? On a Sunday? On a Lord's Day? Well, live on Sunday is the day. Is the day, okay. So, live on a Sunday. It was all star break. It was the first time I had ever really taken a trip since I had been in the NBA. It was my second year, matter of fact, I think it was. Yeah, my second year. And it was the first time I had ever really taken a trip and, like, 
you know, uh, anytime I did some of my rookie year, you know, I had a great vet in Jared Jack where he never allowed me to pay for anything. I mean, if, if a dinner was a hundred bucks, Jack didn't allow us to pay for anything. So I had a great vet. Like just the rookies? Yeah. Like, you're, you're not allowed to touch a bill when you were with Jack. And so the way he took care of his rookies, I had never really paid for anything. And I went to that club and I don't know. Um, it was bad. Like, it was ridiculous. It was something that I would never do again. I mean, it was just, I can't believe I spent that much money in the club. But, you know, it was it was definitely one of those things that I did. And I'm happy I did because it showed me, it showed me how stupid it was. Like, you see all these people in the club popping bottles and doing all this stuff. And, like, if you go and buy a few bottles, I already buy a few bottles. But, like, I was so geeked to see those sparklers coming out. And then all of a sudden, I looked at my credit card bill the next day and was like, whoa, um, yeah, next time I go, I don't even want to see any sparklers. Don't bring anything near me with sparklers. But, it, it, you know, it really taught me a lot. And I feel like without that experience, you know, I wouldn't know the things that I know today. So, you know, it was, it was a tough pill to swallow, but at the same time, I'll take that lesson. Good now lesson. you gotta you gotta help an old married man like me because I haven't been to the club in a while. What what is, what is there to buy in the club? Is it just alcohol or is there like TVs for sale? I wish it was. I wish I had a TV to show for it, <laughs> like a watch or something. <laughs> I wish I had that to show for it. But if I told you I had any of that to show for it, I'd be lying to you. But you know, it was more so like. It was more so the section. Like, you paying for the section, and it's a minimum that you have to spend in order to get the section. Of course, me being a young dummy, I wanted the biggest section and the one that's the the main table. So the minimum was a little bit more than, you know, I would like to pay for a minimum. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm a young young dummy who think I know everything and I want the best section and they upcharge me for it and then all of a sudden I forget you know I really don't know that there's also about to be an 18% gratuity charge added on this thing oh my lord you know all type of stuff that you get that feeling like okay and so you know it was a lot of stuff that I just did not know and that's why I say it helped me as opposed to it hurting me. Like, you know, the 21,000, the lesson that I learned from that 21,000 goes much further for me than the actual $21,000. So it was good for me, but, oh man, like, no, nah, I don't need the main table that live. I was trying to think of what did I, what have I ever spent 21,000? I was like, no, I put, I put 19,000 down on my house. <laughs> I'm trying try to figure out what major purchases I have. I wonder what, so how does this work now, now that you are the wise club spender? First, do you even have to spend at the club anymore? Or do you have a budget? Like, how does that work now? Uh, you know, you try to put yourself in a situation where you don't even have to spend. Um, a lot of places you don't end up having to, so it ends up, you know, being it, just what it is. Um 
some places you even get paid to show up to. So, you know, you don't really end up having to spend that now. But, you know, as a second-year guy in the league, I didn't understand that. So, but, you know, I, even even now, like, if you're going to – if I'm going to go, like, there will be a budget in place and I know how to stick by that and I don't need to see – 10 or 15 bottles coming out. Like, that's just the ridiculous stuff that at 23 I thought was cool. At 27, I look at people and laugh that do that. So, it's just learning, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, like, even if you wanted to drink all that stuff, you can't. You would die. And so, it's 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 just foolish. Really, really, really foolish. Now, have you had to save one of your youngsters from uh... – you know, from your mistake? Nah, because, like, even if, if if we were to be out, like, they're not going to be the ones paying. So, it wouldn't be that mistake to make. Now, if they make that mistake on their own when they with their boys like I did, then all of a sudden I can't really control that. Oh, you weren't with your teammates? No, no, no. I was on All-Star break. Me and my boys were in Miami. Uh-huh. Yeah, they got you, Dre. They got you. <laughs> so I was just, you know, like, all right, let's do it, fellas. Let's let's go have a good time and, you know, whatever, whatever. And I got the bill, like, whoa there. I mean, this all-star, like, I kind of get it. I don't think it's – is it that bad? It wasn't like a a Tuesday. It was like a special occasion. I mean, would you, wouldn't you spend that much on a birthday party? Would I? Yeah. I mean, it depends on this birthday party. Better be incredible. <laughs> well, hey, you got you still you still got to have your thirtieth. So it maybe, better, it better be a, but you uh, don't even have to pay for that stuff no more. Get out of here! You ain't. Yeah, it better be a hell of a performing everything at that birthday party, right? Yeah, yeah it got to be a performance. Hey, did you hear? Uh, I remember we were talking in the locker room about Sheether. Did you hear Nicki Minaj's comeback? You know what? I have a few problems with 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 Nikki's comeback. Number one, as she uh, you know attested to in the song, I I don't respond when you say respond. I respond when I want to respond, and you know, real bosses took three months to respond and stuff like that. I mean, that's cool, but some would say it's a cop out. You know, some would say you needed time to get Drake. Um, verse on there. You needed time to get Wayne's verse on there. Some would say you only put Wayne and 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 Drake's verse on there is because you you couldn't handle your own. Like so, you needed them to draw more attention because you knew your comeback wasn't strong enough for what she threw up. Some would say that. I mean, me personally, I can't really view it as a diss song. I can only view it as, like, Nicki threw some shots in a song because you got Wayne on there, who I don't even know what, what Wayne was talking about on there. And then you got Drake on there. Who, <laughs> like, you got Drake on there who, like, they really just rapping. They ain't, like, dissing nobody. So to say this is a diss song, like, Sheether was a diss song. This song was about Remy going at Nicki Minaj. To, to like, kind of try to use, like, I feel like she tried to use her fan, like, the, the, 
her the the level of her fans and you know Wayne's fans and Drake's fans to boost the song up the chart. I feel like she was trying to use that as her diss, which could possibly be true because the one thing she Nikki has talked about through this whole thing is like you don't compare to me, and so that could possibly one card. Yeah, that's her one card. Yeah, so that could possibly be subliminally the shot that she is trying to get off. But even if so, still don't have Wayne and Drake on there because now you are attracting, you know, several different fan bases. And, of course, that's going to boost you to the top. So I ain't really buying that, you know what I'm saying? And, and by the way, like, how many, like, is Nicki Minaj going to mention Braun in every song? Like, Every song she's released since June 2016 is something about LeBron in it. I mean, dang, like, yeah, LeBron is great, but Jesus Christ. Like, at, some point, at some point, it just becomes, like, too repetitive. So you can't keep mentioning about the sign with uninterrupted, that's why. Hey, <laughs> she knows she can come on over to uninterrupted for sure. But, uh... Jesus Christ, you can't mention Brian in every song you do. So, that also. Is this, this, this was a violation to me of the hip-hop order. And this just proves that Nicki Minaj really ain't hip-hop. She's a commercial creation like of rap and of pop culture. But Remy took this to hip-hop. Now, Dre, you in the NBA... And if I'm challenging you on the hoop court, we're going to find a black top and we're going to go at it. And if you, and if you lose, you ain't going to be like, but I play in the NBA. We know that. But we going in on the black top, back and forth. And she took it commercial. She went and got Drake and Wayne. You probably don't get more commercial than that. It wasn't really a diss track. It's like she's supposed to go hard at her. And she didn't address any of the shots that, that she fired at her. Like, even LL Cool J, who was as commercial as they as as they get, went right back at Cannabis. Like, it was a back and forth. Like, that's how you do it. You got to respect hip-hop. I don't think she respected hip-hop on this. I think she went Barbie on him. But I think she exposed herself as she ain't ready for this. She ain't built, she ain't built for this war of, of battling somebody on wax. Man, that I mean, was weak. That's that's but but a bit of that is true though. Like Remy in them days, they were like really hip hop artists. You know what I'm saying? Like that's 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 what it was about. Like really rapping, lyrics, all that stuff. Like the game has changed. Like um, Nicki has benefited off. Not saying like she can't rap. Like I listen to a lot of her music personally, but. Um, She's benefited a lot off the Barbie, you know, the Barbie theme and her looks, you know, and all that stuff that the social media day and age matters. Like, you could hear Remy spitting back in the day and, like, never see her unless you watch a music video. Nowadays, where all that stuff matters, I think Nikki has benefited off of those things. Now, like I said, that does not make her not a good artist. I think she's a really good artist, you know what I'm saying? I... Like, uh, I would listen to a couple of her albums straight through and not touch the skip button. So, 
I think she's a very good artist. But when they come to rapping like that and dissing and, you know, lyrics like that, like, that's what Remy them did. You know, like, that day and age, like, Remy and, I mean, you can continue to go on and on. Like, even if, like, you could try, obviously, I think, you know, Missy is a completely different level. But, like, they were rappers. Like, that's what they, that's what they did. They rap. Like, lyrics, that's what they, that's, that was it. And like I said, you see them on a music video. Like, you can see Nicki Minaj every day if she wants you to. And looks and all those things matter. Looks and all those things give you a fan base, which is why, you know what I'm saying, Beyonce, no matter, like, Beyonce come out with Lemonade and make all these women feel like, oh, Beyonce having problems with Jay-Z. Because it keeps the fans all, it keeps a man always thinking the thing that makes you most interested in Beyonce is how beautiful she is. Oh, but she's a great entertainer and she's a great singer and she's a great dancer and all these things. And so it, but it always, the, the most appealing thing is with her doing all that is that she's beautiful. And so the fantasy of a man always being able to say, like, oh, Beyonce having problems, like, it keeps the fans going on her. And I think that's why she do stuff like that. And so, you know, to go back to Nikki, it's, she's kind of in that same boat to where, yeah, she can rap, but she, you know, she is thick and she's pretty and all of this stuff. And so it, it, it raises her fan base. It brings more fans to her. And so it's more than just the rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, for instance, I heard one of my and I, I disagree. You know what I'm saying? I heard uh, someone say before, although I think, I mean, I disagree with the statement, but I heard someone say, Kevin Hart ain't that funny, but he's a great businessman. Now, there's some truth to that, that he is an amazing businessman, but I also do think he's funny. But their point was Dave Chappelle or somebody else is more is funnier than Kevin Hart. Yeah. But Kevin Hart's just a, a an amazing businessman, and so he's capitalized on stuff, you know, that other people can capitalize on. Now, part of him being able to capitalize on different things is the social media age. However, he is funny, and so I think that you know, with Nikki, it falls into that same boat, you know, of what somebody was trying to say with the Kevin Hart. Or Dave Chappelle, or some of those other guys reference. I think Nikki fought would fall into that boat. Although, like I said, I think Kevin Hart's a great comedian, and I cry laughing when I'm watching him. But that's Nikki. Like she, she benefits off the looks and all those things. Whereas Remy and them, they were just straight rappers. See, that's what. That's what I'm like. I wanted Nikki. Like first off, she probably. I think you was the one who said this. Like, ain't no comeback. Like, just be quiet. Ain't no. <laughs> I think Nikki realized that, and that's why she took the route she took. Yeah, right. Tippy cap and move on. But I, I do think Nikki could rap, and I really wanted to see her like come to the blacktop, and like even if you lose, get some get some credibility. Like, like, show them, man. I, I, yeah, I know, I'm, I know, I'm in the big leagues. I know I'm hot, but I can still get down here and bar with you. That's what I wanted her to see, and for me, she missed the moment. Like that's what I'm like, ah, Nikki, you you, you kind of choked on that moment because you know she was gonna lose anyway. Like it, there was no comeback she was gonna make, 
where you was gonna be like, oh, oh yeah, she top sheet. No, that was that, that was dead. That was it. But she should have went like, all right, let's do this then. And then to add Wayne and Dre and Drake is like, you, you man, you just put your ghostwriters on the track. <laughs> yeah, but I think she took the safe route though, because for her to come out and say, let's do this, and she fell. Like people, she can lose fans like that. She can lose she her. No respect from like for trying. For nah, nah, you lose a loss is a loss. No, you whether you get out there and try it or not. Like we ain't gained no respect for losing to the Cavs in the finals. We lost. Like a loss is a loss. So you get up there like let's do this, and she get crushed, which she probably would have because that's not what she do. Then all of a sudden she losing her fans, which in turn she's losing money. You know, and all these things. And as we all know, once you lose it in the rap game, you, unless you Khaled, you don't get it back. Like, Khaled, the only one who kind of, like, slid back a little bit and then came back stronger than he was before. But the chances of that happening is slim. Not so once her. you lose not it. Not for her. Not for her. Nah, I'm telling you, she could possibly lose it. She and then all of a sudden, somebody else going to come behind yeah. her. Grab that rain, and once somebody else grabbed that rain, it's over. So I think she took the safe route of saying, "Listen, I'm about to put out a song that's I'm I'm gonna talk about Remy, but I'm about to put out a song that's gonna reach top of the charts and keep my appeal, and I can roll, keep continue to roll off this song because that's what it's all about at the end of the day." To be honest, I'm not even really a shaver. I'm the type to let the barber handle it when I go get a haircut. But this time I was looking real scruffy between cuts. But I needed to get cleaned up, so I had to do it myself. Got my hands on a couple of Harry's razors, and let me tell you, yeah, your boy the amateur shaver was looking real crispy when I was done. It was a super smooth shave, comfortable glide, it was real close. I was able to get to the whiskers that's usually hard to get to, the ones that had the barber bending your head off funny. I walked out of there like, man, I can do this myself every time. The best part about it is it's about $2 a blade. For like half of what you pay at a drugstore, you could get a lubricating strip, a flex hinge on a comfortable grip, a trimmer blade for hard to reach places. Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades they want you to try their most popular trial set for free. When you sign up, just pay the small shipping fee. It comes with a razor handle of your choice, a five blade cartridge, and some shaving gel. So to redeem this trial offer, go to harrys.com slash dre. Do it right now, harrys.com slash dre, and get that crispy shave like your boy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Speaking of like on on some hip hop tip, right? Like we twenty years after twenty years removed from the death of Biggie, and first off, I wanted I was wondering. I know you. I know you. Uh, 
you know, y'all East Coast, right? What y'all listen to in Detroit? Y'all, you know, you kind of Midwest. Like, what's the sound y'all have? I know you listen to Biggie, though, right? I definitely listen to Biggie. I listen, but I I, I listen oh, to Biggie. Middle, y'all can listen to everything. Today I listen to Nah. So, you know, it ain't like we like clinging to a certain yeah. area. Like, we, we listen to good music. What's your big, what's your, what's, give me your best Biggie line. Biggie, that's disrespectful. It is. It is. You know what? I was trying to think about mine. I was like, dude, how do you narrow it down? That's disrespectful. <laughs> like, to come with one Biggie line, that's just, I, I, you know what's crazy is on the ninth the other day, I was just sitting back and I was playing, uh, I was I was in the Uber. I actually put it on my, uh, my Snapchat. And I was in the Uber listening to Biggie. And... Like, I caught myself just, like, going from song to song, like, oh, man, this one of the best ones. Then all of a sudden, like, I go to another one, this one of the best ones. And I kept saying that. So, you know, like, I don't, I don't really, like, it's it's hard to come with one. I got, I got, I only have some because of, like, they so like related to my life, you know, so they, they kind of stand out. Like, uh, I remember one came out when, uh, me and my, uh, me and my wife and we were like young, we were like young and I remember we was broke. Right. But remember what was the song with R Kelly? What was the name? Uh, but he in there like, uh, uh, remember when I used to play between your legs? <laughs> that, oh, that's yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jesus, which song is that? What song is it? That 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 used to be, that used to be our that used to be our song. Remember when I used to play between your legs? You beg for me to stop because you know where this will head straight to your mother's bed. Not the Marriott. She'd be lucky if she find a spot next to your sister. But uh, yeah, we was broke, so basically I would tell my wife, I know you used to slow CDs and dime peas, but tonight it's eight tracks and six packs while I hit that. <laughs> that, that that's a personal emotional one for me right there because you know we was broken i'm like but i'm still gonna hit <laughs> oh man what's my i don't know man i like to you know I, I i feel like it's a lot of jealousy go around you know um a lot of guys get jealous of the things we do you know so i say one of the lines i really rock with you know, niggas mad I get more butts than ashtrays. Like, <laughs> like you know, he, the way he just, like, go, like, come on, bro. Like, stop being jealous of whatever I do. So, I, you know, I, I rock with that one. I, I rock with that one a that's lot. The, uh, I think that's, that's, the, that's a Craig Mack song, dude. I think that's a feature. I think that was Flavor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that first. Yeah, so he... I mean, but Biggie got too many lines. Yeah, he got too many. Ten Crack Commandments is one of my favorites too. Uh, I, I still, I still quote that line. It's so many. Yeah, you're right. It's it's too many bars. It's too many bars out there. I wonder if Biggie was still alive. What you think he would think about hip hop? I think if first off, Biggie, Pop, none of them would agree with where hip hop is today. They, I think they would, they would hate it. Just but because Nicki gonna come with a commercial track instead of going at Remy, that's why they'd hate it. Exactly, but the question is, would rap ever been able to get there had Biggie and Pac them 
not gotten killed, would it be where it is today? Yeah. That's the question. You know, there's a they had this unique ability to reach commercial levels, but still keep like their grimy roots. And like when you when you start looking twenty years later, like how how did they not sell out? You know, with all the money that was at stake and all the fame they was getting, they still was, you know, they still was the same dudes and. Like I, don't, I just I think they would look at the commercialness of it and the lack of lyricism and be like, man, this is this is whack. But I think that you know who I think they would like. You know who I think they would, I think they would like Eminem. I, I think they yeah. would yeah. And I think they would like Cole and Kendrick. Oh, they 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 love Cole. They love Cole. Cole, Cole a real artist. Like Cole don't come out with too much music. But when he come out, he bring he you know he talk about real life stuff, like Cole. They love Cole. You you who you what about like, you know like some of these, like Lil Yachty, Lil Uzi Vert. They wouldn't. I don't know Niner. if those guys could have like. Though, I feel like, and no not to any of those guys, but I feel like had Biggie and all of them still been moving, all those guys would be underground. Like, you don't really have many underground rappers no more because so many guys can get in the, into the rap game with a catchy song. So you don't have many underground rappers anymore. I think all those types of guys would still be underground rappers at Big and all those guys still moving. But there's not much of an underground anymore. Did you rap? Absolutely not. They're horrible. <laughs> How's how it possible? How's it possible you avoided rap? Like, uh, it's terrible. Like I was never good at it. So he said so. So I gave I gave up on it. Yeah, I left him alone. That was terrible. So I, I was going to ask you to write a diss track to uh, Levar Ball because <laughs> <laughs> I figured you would you would be you know steps Steph declined to talk about. He said he didn't want to talk about it. But I figure you'd be the guy to fire the first shot on on the track, right? That would that would be your job is to be the one to fire the shot to yeah, LeVar Ball. I definitely would fire, you know, but it's no point, man. I, I, I honestly like the kid game, so Yeah, he nice. That's the crazy part. Like he is nice. Yeah, he is. Real nice. I like his game a lot. And he's he a winner. You, so, can he see Steph? <laughs> you know, I, I really I struggle with, Steph, though. I really struggle with putting, you know, putting guys in um, pro. I mean, Steph's a two-time MVP, so this is not a, just an ordinary pro either, by the way. But one of my biggest pet peeves is when, when people say, hey, that kid's a pro. Like, no, he's not. Like, that kid has pro potential. Now, Lonzo Ball, different story. He's two months from being a pro, and he will be a pro. But, like, I see people all the time, like high school kids, like, that kid's a pro. No, he's not. He get up here and get ate alive. Like, he got so much to learn. Kids got to get stronger. He's, like, like so much has to improve for this kid to be a pro, and you're, you're disrespecting how good you actually have to be to play in the NBA. And so, I, you know, I, that's one of my biggest pet peeves when people say stuff like that. Like, stop being disrespectful to guys who worked this hard to get here 
and actually do this on a night and out basis. That kid's not a pro. He's a high school kid or whatever that has potential to possibly make it to the pros. But I hate when people say that kid's a pro. So to sit here and say Lonzo Ball can do some stuff, he got a lot to prove before he before he can be put in that category. And the chances of him being put, even, the chances of him ever making it to that category is slim. There's one MVP a year. So the chances are real slim. Now, he can have a great career and be a great player. But the chance of him ever making it to that category is extremely slim, and that's no knock to him. That's for everybody who played a game of basketball. And it's cold-blooded that his dad is creating that standard for him. Like, like now we're going to be like, man, he ain't a two-time MVP. And, you know, why, why he didn't say John Wall or Chris Paul? I just wanted, like, people, people, people come at Steph because they know he's not going to fire back. They know he don't get into the back and forth so you can say what you want to say and he not, he's not going to pop back. But if you say something to Russell, he's going to say something back to you. And I don't even think it's just LeVar Ball. I think it's just, it's just a common theme where he just, people just like criticizing him. You know, people like people like coming for him, and it's like I want to do. Do you want him to like say something back, or do you like the fact that he doesn't respond? It really don't matter to me one way or another. But people also come for him because people come for the best. So, you know, they're gonna come after him, like two-time MVP of the league. Like, why? Why would I go talk about somebody else? I'm gonna go talk about the best. So, it's another reason why people come for him, but. You know, I mean, they, it is what it is. Like, at the end of the day, Steph ain't losing no sleep because somebody got something to say. What, what would be your – who coming at you? Yeah, there you go. I, I want to I see a high school, a college dad say, man, my son going to be better than Draymond Green because then you and Remy Ma are going to get on the track. Every dad thinks their son's supposed to come in the league and be LeBron James or be Steph Curry. They ain't gonna say that. I mean, you know, they say stuff, crazy stuff, but like, that's not the intriguing thing to do. And that's why so many people fail. Because everybody thinks they're supposed to be LeBron James and Steph Curry. What they don't realize is there's only one, there's only a select few. There's more of the others than there are LeBrons, than there are Stephs, than there are KDs. So, you know, that's where these people fail at and don't realize that's why most people fail because they don't realize you know the real hey how how well did you know or at all Alden Alden Smith uh you played with the Niners uh when when he came into the league he's with the Niners and then he came over to the Raiders uh I, I know you probably saw already that uh you know he he had another another issue, and you know it, it's looking like he's still struggling with his addiction. I was wondering, did, did you know him at all? And what, and if you saw the video, you know that was taken of him where he seemed to be intoxicated. Did you? Uh, what, what were your thoughts? And, and if you knew him, like how, how did it affect you to see that? Um. I actually didn't didn't see the video. I heard a lot about it. 
And, you know, as far as me knowing him, you know, I, you know, with being in the Bay Area, you, you kind of know all the athletes, um, especially black athletes, you know. And uh, and so, I, you know, I knew him. I met him when he was with the 49ers and, you know, we'll see him around quite a bit. Uh, just at different events and, you know, different stuff. Uh, see him in, in San Francisco. Um, you know, and then he came over to the Raiders, and I still see him quite a bit. Like I said, just at different events and, you know, different things like that. And he never really struck me as a bad dude. You know what I'm saying? He seemed like he was a bit different, you know, but everyone has their right. Different is is all in your opinion. You know, everybody's a little different than the next guy. So, you know, that really that really was what it was to me. But, you know, at the same time, he – um. Like, I don't really, I don't, I didn't necessarily think he was that bad bad of a guy. And so, like, I don't think, I mean, obviously his track record says otherwise, but then again, what his track record also says is that he just needs some help. And, like, he has an addiction like it's a disease. I think so many times, as as people, we say, "Oh man, like this guy has all this stuff on the line and all this money on the line that he can make, and he's just blowing it." Like, you think he really doing that on purpose? No, he needs help. Like he legitimately has a, a an addiction, which, like I said, it's alcoholism is a disease, and so. I think a lot of times we, you know, as human, we fail to realize that because we think, oh, man, like if I need to stop doing this or if I can stop doing this, why can't he? But there's also something in this world that you may need to stop that you can't stop, yet it's just not as costly as continuing to get in trouble with the cops over alcohol or, you know, this, that, and other. It's just not as costly as that or it's not as big deal as that. But at the same time, you do have something that you can't stop doing. That does not make him any less or better of a person than the next person. His thing that he struggles with is just is alcohol. And I think, you know, sometimes, you know, we fail to realize that and as as people. And it's it's it kind of sucks, you know, because like like I said, he's not doing that. Like, man, screw football. Like, screw the money. I'm going to go get in trouble. Like, he's not doing that stuff on purpose. He really needs help. And I'm not saying no one has offered him help or anything like that. Like, I don't know the way every day of his life goes. But, like, it's 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 hard. Like, he, this ain't something. I'm sure this ain't something that he just wants to do. He just can't not do it, and and it's it's a problem for him. So I feel bad for him, um, and I think I think everyone can be saved. I think there's a way to save everyone. I don't know what the way is. I don't know you know what the answer is, and it's not you know my job to figure it out. I think everyone can be saved though, but. I don't look down on him because of what his struggles in life are because we all have our own struggles. His are just more more magnified, number one, because of the problems he's had, number two, because it just doesn't go along with being an athlete. So I, I, I wish him the best. I'm praying for him because I think, like I said, 
everybody make their mistakes in this world. And at some point or another, you either figure it out or, you know, worse things happen. But I just pray that he can't figure it out and, you know, can get the proper help that he needs because I don't think he's a bad dude at all. I watch him and I can't help but feel bad. I have, like, experience with people with addiction, like, throughout my family. So I've, I've, like, experienced it for a long time. And I've experienced people who recover and how they, they turn out to be such good people when they, when they, you know, defeat the disease. And so part of me looks at them like, you know, like, it's not over. Like, let's not, let's not write the man off. Uh, we don't know what's we don't know what he can be, what's ready for him uh, in, in this battle he's in. But also, I also know you can't really help nobody who don't want to be helped. And so, so here's the thing that I that I struggle with. It's like uh, when you're in pro sports, if you do if you have stuff like this, like the tendency is to say you shouldn't be playing football, right? But there's plenty of people out here who are alcoholics who, you know, go to work every day <laughs> and they they continue on with their life. So part of me is like, man, if he can manage and just stop getting, you know, arrested or stay out of jail or, you know, not break the law, why is he any different than the other person working at the post office who struggle with, you know, alcoholism? But by the same token, it's like I, I want him to stop trying to play football and really get clean. And I think the Raiders did try to help him get there. And I don't, I, he's clearly not there yet. But do you, how do you tell a man is you stop making a living until you get clean? And it, it seems a little unfair, but I, I, I really, you look at him and you say, man, can you just please get help? Can you get your life together? Like, don't worry about football right now, get your life together. But if he don't want, if he don't want that right now, like he does, he doesn't, he hasn't owned this. I need to be clean, and this is something that I want to do personally, so I'm going to do it. And if he's not there yet, I mean, he can't play. Like <laughs> I just, so I'm, I'm kind of back and forth with it, and I wonder, like, I'm, there's got to be several players in pro sports who are who battle addictions while they're playing, like whether it's painkillers, weed harder stuff alcohol uh you can play with addictions can't you i mean i i think i think so um i think um, i mean i've heard many stories of guys you know from back in the day that played through through numerous addictions so i'm sure you can do it just by hearing those stories but at the same time um uh, I also agree that, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, will see him and say, oh, man, he's a professional athlete, you know, and he shouldn't be drinking. You know, or this guy has an addiction and they try to stop you from making money. But, you know, they don't they don't go try to stop the secretary who has an addiction from making money. You know, they don't go try to stop the doctor who has an alcohol problem, you know, from making money. And so, you know, I think... Um, and I'm not saying, you know, going out and drinking and every every night and, you know, getting, I mean, it's the right thing to do. I'm not saying that at all because it's not, you know, but at the same time, there are many professions that, number one, people get in your business like that. So that's the thing, you know, uh, 
Joe Blow going to get arrested and for something to do with alcohol that's not in the newspaper. He can possibly end up at work the next day and the job not even know. You know, and so that's where kind of being an athlete, you know, some you know, is sometimes you're I mean, you are. You just you you're held at a different standard. And rightfully so. Um in certain cases. But he I mean, just to try to stop him from making money because of some of the problems that he has in life, it's tough. But at the same time, basketball is, I mean, or football, or sports, period, is so much more than just the actual game itself that you're playing. It's the reputation, you know, it's all those things that, you know, it, it, it ends up being a problem. And that's not going to change. Like, it's going to continue to be a problem. But at the same time, I think I think sometimes, you know, people are judged, you know, by this profession we're in and say, oh, man, he can't do that. He's wrong. The person who's saying you're wrong may have the same problem, but they're just not a professional athlete. But yet, I think so many times as professional athletes, people see you as superhuman and forget that you are a person just like they are. You know, you wake up, you brush your teeth just like they do. You put your pants leg on one leg at a time, pants on one leg at a time, just like they do. And I think a lot of people forget that. I, I remember growing up, you know, I didn't think Michael Jordan was real. Like, just think they're these superhuman people. And so a lot of times people still, you know, I mean, a lot of people still think that. And I think that's why a part of the reason why so you know things are criticized criticized so hard because it's I mean it's it's just that's the way people view you and it's it's really no way around it. So on a, on a, uh, to to lift the spirits back up because that that's really touching for me like dealing with addiction and watching people struggle with that. So let's let's bring back uh, part two of explain yourself. To bring it back to bring it back to a lighter note, uh, Richard Jefferson busted you out on a text message you sent to him uh, about your beef and how you're gonna take down road tripping. So we're gonna bring back explain yourself part two, so you can explain. Are we beefing with road tripping? I, I need to know so I can get my armor together if we go into war with him. Uh no, we're not going to war. You know, I just I definitely want to you know, kill them. No, but I think it's a good friendly competition, uh, you know, with RJ. RJ was one of my vets coming in as a rookie. Um, you know, Really and, good dude, too. I liked RJ. Absolutely. Great dude. He taught me a lot, actually. And so, you know, still one of the guys that I talk to today, you know. And so, um, you know, we were texting about, you know, his podcast and our podcast and, and we had some back and forth going. I told him we're going to destroy his pod, uh, him and Chandler's podcast. And he was like, y'all don't stand a chance, this, that, and the other. So it's a battle now. Um, and, and it's a good fun, you know, good fun battle. I think at the end of the day, it's going to push both, you know, all of us to be better. Trying to outdo the next. A good, good friendly competition never hurts anyone. So I'm excited about it. I think our podcast is going to grow to be way bigger than theirs and do way better numbers. So, so do I call Michelle Obama and you know pull that in so we can get a guest. 
Well, might as well bring President Obama on. Why not? <laughs> right. I mean, I, I don't got President Obama's. Uh, that that's gonna have to be you, uh, two time All Star. <laughs> I'll I'll rock with the Michelle Obama. (laughs) Hey, let's do a quick money or broke money or broke segment, but we're going to keep it strictly NFL free agency. It's that time of year. So uh, I I know you, I know you keep your eye on what's going on in football. So I'm going to, I'm going to run this list. Let's get it in. You ready for some money or broke? Let's do it. Money or broke. Deshaun Jackson and Jameis Winston. Money. Man, Jameis got a cannon. And Deshaun has proven, even sometimes in his career with mediocre, you know, with, with really mediocre um, quarterbacks, that, you know, he had a great quarterback as of late and, you know, the great Kirk Cousins, Spartan Dog. Oh, are we calling him the great Kirk Cousins now? Are you serious? The great Kirk Cousins, uh, Spartan, through and through. You know, he had a really great quarterback as of late, but, you know, he's had times in his career where he played with bomb quarterbacks, and yet he still continues to do what he do. So for him to have him and Jameis, Jameis with that cannon, along with Mike Evans on the other side, don't forget about oh, that. don't forget about Mike Evans. Woo. And, and, and That's they funny. do have that chip on their show. You know, both of them have been, like, highly criticized and written off and got a lot to prove. I think they could use that like to boost each other. Like I, I think that might be fire. Listen, that's money. I think and that yeah, that's James definitely definitely money. And deep back and backing down from Jameis. That's money. That's definitely money. Money or broke, Terrell Pryor to the Redskins. I think it's money, and I'll tell you why I think it's money. Number one, to give Kirk Cousins another a, a, a big receiver. Um, number two. I didn't see how much they paid him, but it couldn't have been nothing crazy because he signed a one-year deal. And I think Terrell Pryor is really growing to, growing to be a good receiver in this league. So I think that will be good for Washington. So I'm going money. Man, that's broke. Why is he signing a one-year deal? That's ridiculous. That's, well, I I think the the market probably wasn't there for him to where people like they still want him to, him to make a – they still want to make him a believer, him to make them a believer. And then on top of that, you know, he signed one year, eight million, I see. So, you know, eight million in one year for a football player, let alone, I mean, a receiver, but a football player in general. Yeah, hey, that's lit. But I don't, we don't even know if Kirk Cousins is going to be there. He's asking for trades every day. They done lost Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garcon, so he might be the number one receiver. And I don't know if he's the number one receiver. And it's the Redskins. They're Crowder. They still got Crowder, Vernon Davis. Yeah. Money or broke. A.J. Bouye, the star defensive back for the Houston Texans in that dominant defense, left to took the big money to go to Jacksonville. Broke. $67 million or something like that. Broke, and I'll tell you why. I'm pretty sure the Texans would offer him some similar money. Texas is also still a state where there ain't no taxes. So you're moving to Jacksonville. That's not like you're getting a benefit there. There's no state taxes in the state. I'm sure the money was close enough to where 
you'd be much better on a team fighting to be in the playoffs every year or in the playoffs than Jacksonville, who I don't even know when the last time they won more than six games. It's, if they did, they games, it just never mattered. Like they, that's a bad place. So I'm going broke. I'm going money because he got a lot of money, but th- mostly him and Jalen Brown as the two corners. They about to be the best cornerback tandem in the league. And yeah. oh, it, it could end up being money if Houston gets a quarterback, which they still could do. And Jacksonville doesn't have a quarterback at all. So neither one of them might win. But let me tell you, him and Jalen Brown are about to – are about to be monster. I'm sorry, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Brown played for the, the Celtics. Jalen Ramsey are about to be a monster tandem. Monster tandem. Yeah, they, they'll, they'll be a good tandem, but if you ain't got good linebackers and good defensive lines, <laughs> your corners, I mean, you can only keep up with a receiver for so long. Like <laughs> They ain't got nothing else good, but those two – yeah, I don't know. You better have some pieces. I know they signed Malik Jackson, uh, the big money last year, and I don't think he had a, that great of a year this year. So I feel like Houston's on their way down, though. But it's tough to say that because they still got Clowney and they still got JJ Watt. I think part of it is like he's going to be the man on defense over there. Yeah, well, if you losing, there's no man. Yeah, you 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 right about that one. I give you that one. Money or broke. Mike Glennon as the Bears franchise quarterback. Broke. You don't believe in Mike Glennon? Man, when people people show you who they are, believe him. (laughs) Mike Glennon showed y'all who he were in Tampa before, man. Mike Glennon was the answer. There would be no Jameis Winston in Tampa. Come on, man. Broke. What are the Chicago Bears doing? At what point do they learn? That's, That's so broke. Like, that's... You might as well keep Cutler. At least he's interested. Like, he might throw a pick or he might throw for 500 yards. Exactly. Come on, man. That's, that's broke, man. That's I couldn't believe that. Money or broke, Martellus Bennett is living right. He just signed with the Green Bay Packers. So he goes from Tom Brady to Aaron Rodgers. He's also played with Russell Wilson and Tony Romo. This dude keep a, a dope quarterback. Yeah, that's money. Uh-huh. He ain't got no complaints, that's for sure. He can never blame his quarterbacks. So never. he can never be like, man, he didn't, he couldn't so, get me the ball. Yeah, as long as he ready to go, he uh, he good money. He that all the way good money. And finally, money or broke, AJ Peterson to Adrian Peterson to the Raiders. Wait, is, is did that happen? It didn't happen. They want it to happen. It, it's a, it's a possibility, but it didn't happen yet. Man, that's money. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Adrian Peterson to the Raiders? The Raiders are already on, on the up and up. Is Latavius still under contract? So that Latavius is a free agent, and he out there playing the market. So if he goes, you know, they got a bunch of money to throw at. Adrian Peterson. I mean, really, it comes down to be which one you want to pay. Because you can really yeah. only have one. So you saying get Adrian Peterson or wait to see if, if you lose Latavius, then go for Adrian. 
That's a tough one. I, I, I think, honestly, I don't think the way the, the Raiders treated Latavius this year, he going to come back. I think they got to go after AP now because um, he didn't. they didn't treat him very well this year, and he didn't like it at all. So, and AP is still AP. So, you go after AP because Tay ain't coming back. So, that's money. I, I do I do agree with you on that. I think – and then on top of that, on top of, for one, they wasn't getting in the ball, right? And then they say, hey, yeah, go see what you can get, right? <laughs> that that wasn't like, hey, man, we really need you. We really want you. Please stay. That was like, hey, man, if you could do better, go do better. And I'm like, of course he out. And apparently he's already meeting with the Jaguars and Seahawks, so he out, so – I say money. Get Adrian Peterson because few players fit the Raiders like Adrian Peterson. He seemed like he was born to wear a black jersey. All right, they're, they're going to Oakland coming out of you. That's right, baby. Oh, there it is. Actually, actually, I do got one last one. One last one. Uh, uh, it's the most watched sporting event being played on U.S. soil. Money or broke El Clasico in Miami. Money. That's man. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. Shout out to Mr. Ross, Danny, uh, Robot, and all the everybody who's ha- taking part in making that happen. I mean, that's incredible, man. That's so lit right uh, there. What? Yeah, like you? you I mean, that's everything. You, you, El Clasico in Miami. In Miami, Yo, that's that, that might be too so, much. That's man, that might be too much. But Miami used to hosting big events though. Like it, yeah. Miami got our puzzle. They got yacht weed. Like when you walk, if you in that environment, <laughs> it's just overload of the senses. It might be too much. Man, if you're yeah. trying to get to that stadium, you better have a helicopter because trying to drive to that stadium for El Clasico. Woo! But no, you got. Oh man, out. that's funny. You gotta camp out. There's no way you're driving on that. Nah, you better get you a tent. So you going? That's what you saying? Yeah, I'm there. Sure. He said, "Count me in." He said, "I'm there. Count me in." All right, get your rest. We 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 rolling. We rolling until when? Until we take down number one. So get your rest. That's the newest episode of Dre Day, ladies and gentlemen. Much love. Holla soon. We out. We out. Thanks for listening to another episode of Dre Day. And if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Not just for our incredible podcast, but do it for all of the shows on the Uninterrupted Podcast Network. That includes Open Run, Ball Girl Magic, and the newest edition, Road Trippin' with Richard Jefferson and Channing Frye of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Until next time, I'll catch you on the newest episode of Dre Day with Warrior star Draymond Green and yours truly, Marcus Thompson of the Mercury News.